filled with his Holy Spirit, there isn't nothing we put our hearts to do that God won't help us to accomplish. Amen? Hallelujah. And so I'm thankful for it today. Glory to God. If you haven't received your answer yet, stand in faith, believe God. Amen? Because it's coming. Amen? Tell your neighbor it is coming. Amen. You got to stir up your faith. You got to speak it. And, and, uh, and I just sense that even in the revival service that there is a shift. I told you last Sunday we're, we are at a tipping point and, uh, in a shift. And so uh, I, in, in prayer, God has just uh, directed me to, to just add to that. And so uh, we've asked, as uh, Renee has said earlier, that we've asked Dr. Lynn Hiles to come in. You have probably... Uh, if you all get INSP, Inspiration Network, Church Channel, you've seen him on there. Uh, he's a mighty man of God, used all over the world, and he's going to be with us next Sunday morning. And uh, he has wrote the book, Rhythm of Grace, and teaches the grace message in and, and a uh, context in which uh, people are grabbing a hold of today. It is powerful. And uh, then uh, Apostle Kevin Millfield is going to be with us the following week, and I'm excited about that. Anointed man of God, gifted, and uh, he just isn't just carrying the title. He walks in that title, and uh, so lives are going to be changed in the month of February. Amen? Praise God. So you just invite people to come and be a part of that. And we're, I'm just my, I'm standing on the tiptoes of expectation and believing God that just anything is going to happen here in this place. Amen. Hallelujah. And so I'm excited. I, I want to uh, continue in this uh, no fail vein and something that I have been waiting to preach for about two and a half months now. I'm going to get to preach some of it today. Amen. And uh, we have been talking about recovery. Amen. David went into Ziglag. We said that everybody will have a Ziglag in your life. You will have to deal with Ziglag at some point in some time in your life when everything in your life is on fire. When everything has burned up and you don't have anything to lean on, anything to put your trust in but God. But how many know that's enough? It really is. It's enough. And David, when everything was burned up in his life, he inquires of the Lord. And the Lord tells him to go and pursue and without fail, recover all. And so we've been talking about that and dealing with that. But uh, here is what caused me to begin to think. And and a couple, about two and a half months ago, uh, I began to look at this and see this. And uh, I want to talk today about not recovery, but I want to talk about going where you've never gone. Amen. And we're going to talk about that in the life of David here this morning. In Psalms chapter 60 and verse number 8, how many have ever read the scripture and there's just a strange scripture pops out at you? All right, four of you. The rest of you need to read your Bibles. Amen. Uh, but there, there's some scripture that, that just, it, it, you have, it, it takes you going and, and digging it out. It takes you going and, and, and seeing what does this mean. And this is one of those scriptures there that we're going to try to uh, bring some enlightenment to here this morning. Psalm 60 and verse 8, it said, Moab is my wash pot. Over Edom I cast my shoe. 
Over Edom I cast my shoe, or I cast my sandal. And then he asked the question in the latter part, who will bring to the strong city? And who will lead me to Edom? Amen. We know that this psalm was written by David when he was king over the nation of Israel. One of David's great successes as king was to capture this territory that was called Edom. While it doesn't mean a lot to us, it has great importance and significance in the Middle East. And more important than that, it has great significance to the child of God. Because it was this part of Edom was part of the promise that God had given Abraham in the Abrahamic covenant. But yet all of these years, it had never been possessed. It had never been conquered. It had never been inherited. And David just come to the throne as the king of Israel. And one of the first things that he does is make this declaration here in Psalms chapter 60. When he says that I am over Edom, I will cast my shoe or my sandal. This passage of scripture is connected to a passage in 2 Samuel chapter 8. Uh, The book of Samuel is the storyline of David as he is king over Israel. And in this particular chapter, it tells us that the Edomites were the descendants of Edom were Esau, right? Or Esau, excuse me. And so we know that, that Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we know that there is also an Esau, right? It should have been Abraham, Isaac, and Esau. Right? Are you walking with me? You remember where the connection here? So we see that this Edom is the place that has been, uh, that place of Esau. This place that has been promised to the, in the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis chapter 15 and verse number 8. It said, on that same day, the Lord made covenant with Abram, saying to your descendants, I have given this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates. Now, when you study that out, you you can take my word for it or you can study it out later, but you will find within that those boundaries is this land that is known as Edom. And so David says there is a territory that was promised to our forefathers by God, but has now up to this point never been possessed. Up until this point, it has never been conquered. We have never obtained this land. And David says, makes this bold proclamation on one of the first days of him being king and says, I'm going to cast my shoe into the land of Edom and we are going to possess it. You see, the reason why that Edom had never been conquered is because the people there were so strong. And the people were very wicked that were there in that land. And it seemed as though that they were nearly invincible. 
and the only way that you could enter in, if you study it out and you look at the map, Edom, even though it was a large territory, it was it was, it was uh, surrounded by either water or jagged edges that would come up thousands of feet in the air, and there was no way to come into this land except a narrow passage in which if you went into Edom, you had to come through this narrow passage. Some would would study it out and say that it was just a few feet, in fact, wide. You could look from one side to the other, and that was the only place that you could come into this land of Edom. And so the Edomites would stand on top of these rocks and these cliffs, and when those who would come to try to possess the land or conquer the land, they would take and throw rocks, they would throw spears and javelins, whatever they had to uh, uh, fight off the enemy, and there they would destroy the enemy as they funneled into this constrained place. So the mindset of the day had become to the children of Israel that Edom was invincible. It came a mindset that said there is no way we can overtake this land. There is no way that we can conquer it. Israel had given up on the fact that they would ever have this land that God had promised them. Edom, he said, we are not able to take it. The Edomites made it uh, their living, stealing from the people that would pass through that area. They were bandits. They would go and they would steal from the people that were traveling and then they would run back to the cliffs and they would hide in the cliffs and they could never be uh, caught so that judgment would be put upon them. They would come to back to their safe place. And David said, it's time to take possession of the land and rid ourselves of this enemy that keeps on stealing from us. So David does something in the natural that makes a prophetic announcement that he takes his shoe off and he throws it into the land that had never been possessed. He is saying, I can't get there in the natural. So what I'm going to do is an act of faith And I'm going to take my shoe off and throw my shoe where I'm wanting to go. He said, I'm going to take my shoe and spiritually I'm going to attach my faith to it and I'm going to send it into that land and I will possess it. So we can understand this scripture a little better. Let's go to Ruth chapter 4 and verse number 7. It says, now formerly in Israel, this was the custom concerning redeeming and exchanging. To confirm a transaction, a man pull off his sandal and give it to another. And this was a way of attesting Israel. In other words, what he is saying when there was a land transaction that took place, that the one that was selling the land would take his shoe off and give it to the man who was purchasing the land, and it would be a deed or a title, if you will. It would be a saying that this land no longer uh, do I have possession of it, but this man in which I give my shoe to, the sole of the shoe, he said, it is now his. And so this is an act that was done as a result of another promise that had been given to Joshua. 
Are you walking with me? If you're walking with me, just say, ha ha. All right, this folks over here, y'all asleep. Amen. You're walking with me, say, ha ha. That's better. All right, I got to keep you all involved. It's my job. Amen. But there's another promise that connects all of this together. And whenever I thought about that in Joshua chapter one, verse number three, He told Joshua, he said, every place the sole of your foot shall tread upon. That have I given to you, and I said, as I said unto Moses. Amen. So God tells them over and over in this leadership, you know, the, the children of Israel are struggling. Moses has stepped off of the scene. And now another general has taken his place um, by the name of Joshua. And God steps up and speaks to Joshua over and over and says to him, as I was with Moses, so I am with you. And he tells him, he says, Joshua, everywhere the heel of your, the sole of your foot shall tread upon. He said, I'll give it to you. And so here comes this other generation of leadership and the promise is uh, is not yet been met. The promise has never been uh, accomplished. And the mindset of the day is if Moses can't do it, then how are we ever going to get there? Amen. But you see what we get caught up on is we think what has been is always will be. We don't understand that God releases his spirit and his revelation and his anointing, amen, from generation to generation. In fact, he says that there are some things that have been retained yet for another generation. He speaks and says, I've got something that I want to give, but it's for another generation. It is not an indictment for us to accomplish or to see what other generations and past have not been able to conquer or accomplish. It is an indictment for us not to. Amen. It would be, it isn't an indictment against my father for me to accomplish more than he has accomplished. It would be an embarrassment to him if I don't accomplish more than what he has accomplished. Because he has laid the groundwork, he has laid the platform for me to stand upon his shoulders and to go further than he ever went. Amen. And I'm telling this generation today that there is a manifestation of God's power and his anointing that we have yet to see in the body of Christ. And we need to lay claim to it. We need to lay hold to it. If you, if you're You don't even have to be spiritually aware and conscious to understand that we are in a moral battle today in our land. That we are in a warfare that the enemy is raging. Darkness is all over. Gross darkness upon the face of the earth. And the earth is groaning for the manifestation of the sons and the daughters of God to rise up and take their rightful place and say, Grandfather may have not seen it. Daddy may have not seen it, but I'm going to throw my spiritual shoe into a place where we have never been and we're going to accomplish what God said is ours. Oh, come on and give him praise this morning. 
Hebrews chapter 4 and 1, he said, Let us therefore fear lest a promise being left us. Say it was left. Say it was left. For the entering of his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. In verse number 6, he said, Seeing therefore it remaineth. He said, The generation I promised it to didn't enter into it. So it still remains. How many know when God says a thing, he doesn't change his mind? When he promises it, amen, if we do not grab hold of it, he says if there's another that will come to rise up and grab hold of it, it remaineth. So that promise of rest in Hebrews, he said, so that some must enter therein. And they whom it was first preached entered not because of unbelief. I don't know that there's ever been a time, I've only been preaching 30 years, but I don't know that there's ever been a time when there's been so much unbelief among the believer. Oh, we got a form of godliness, but do you believe? Do you have faith? Are you operating in the realm of faith? You see, it's one thing to talk it, but it's another thing for it to live in your life. How do you know if you're just saying it or you're operating in it? If you're operating in it, there'll be a manifestation of faith in your life. It will come to pass. It will happen. Amen. And he says there in verse number nine, there remaineth therefore the rest to the people of God. Amen. The rest remained... For a generation, it was a promise to a generation, but yet they did not enter into it because of unbelief. Amen. Unbelief will stop you from getting what God said that was yours. Unbelief will cause you, even though God wants to give it to you, even though God wants you to have it, your unbelief will stop you from receiving what God has ordained for you to rightfully have. And here we see in Hebrews, he said that the generation that I promised it to never received it. But it remains. If you'll grab hold of it, if you'll believe me for it, the promise that I gave to your forefathers, I'll give it to you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so he is telling us, don't operate in unbelief. So God comes and he tells Moses or Joshua, or Joshua, he said, Moses, my servant is dead. But he wants Joshua to know that he's with him. And the same promise he gave to Moses, he said, I'll give it to you, Joshua. He tells Joshua, as I was with Moses, so I am with you. I want to tell somebody today, amen, I thank God for Pentecost. I thank God for the power of the Spirit. I thank God for the anointing and the revival of the turn of the century, amen, that even historians say that it began to form and begin to mold the culture of America because of what happened at Azusa Street. It's historical, but I want to tell you today, I cannot live on Pentecost. I cannot live on 
Azusa Street. I need a manifestation of God's power in my life today. I need him to rise up. I need to hold lay claim to the promise of God. Amen. And I'm not about to ride this thing out, but this thing is not winding down. It's winding up. Amen. And God's going to show his power and his authority just like the Bible said. Hallelujah. I don't read in the scripture where it says, buy you a bunch of stuff and go hide in a cave. If you want to waste your money, go ahead, baby. If you want to go hide in a cave, go ahead. But what my Bible said in this last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. He promised us that your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my servants and my handmaidens, I will pour out of my spirit on those days. I'm telling you, you may have not seen it yet, but I'm not giving up on it. You may say it'll never happen, but I'm going to throw my spiritual shoe into the land of God's promise and say I may not be there yet, but hold on, baby, because I'm coming and one day I'm going to catch up with my shoe. Hallelujah. Oh, come on and praise him today. Now that's what happens to the people that were not in agreement. If there was in an agreement for the exchange of the property, they would exchange the shoes. But there were some other times whenever the scripture shows us that they were not in agreement. Right? And it would be a hostile takeover. They would not give up the deed. They would not give up the ownership. But And that was what happened here at Edom. They said, we're not giving up our land. We're not going to give it up. And so all of these promises in Ruth, and then we look at Joshua, wherever the heel of the sole of your foot shall tread upon. He didn't say it had to be in the foot shoe. Your foot don't have to be in the shoe. He just said, wherever the sole of your foot or your shoe shall tread upon. And so David took off his shoe and threw it into the land that had never been possessed before. He throws that shoe into Edom and he is saying the time will come when I will possess what God has promised me. Hallelujah. So the question is, does it work? Does it work? Well, let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 8 and verse 14. It says there, he also put garrisons or garrisons or uh, army head ba- headquarters in Edom. <laughs> He's already went into the land. He's taken possession little by little. And as he goes, he's putting garrisons or he's putting military headquarters throughout all of Edom. Say all. 
He put garrisons in all of the Edom and all and all the Edomites became David's servants. <laughs> and the Lord preserved David wherever he went. David caught up with his faith. I said David caught up with his faith. The Bible tells us that David put permanent military posts in all of Edom. And all the Edomites became his servants. What once was controlling him is now servant to him. I said what was once controlling him is now the servant to him. Why? Because he did something foolish. How many know that God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise? And David said, I'm going to do something that looks foolish to other people, but I'm going to take my sandal off and I'm going to toss it over into Edom. I know the grandfathers weren't, didn't accomplish it. I know that the score is zero to 50 and nobody has ever been able to conquer it. But by God's grace, I believe his promise is still for me. And so he took that shoe and he threw it into that land and he possessed it. And now those that were conquering him is now servants to him. I want to tell somebody today, the thing that is in your life that the enemy has told you will control you all of your life. I come today on this Sunday morning to tell you the devil is a liar and the God that is in you and the promise of God that is over your life, it will come to pass. Amen. Trouble may endure for the night, but joy, the word of God, the promise of God will come to pass in your morning. Hallelujah. Oh, give him some kind of praise today. You see, your enemy almost convinced you that what you was praying for, you can never have. Here in worship this morning, standing over there, just loving on the Lord. I heard the Spirit of God say that someone in this place today is dealing with sickness and the enemy has convinced you that your sickness is unto death. But I've come today by the Spirit of the Lord to tell you that you can rise up and have your healing today. If you can believe it, you're going to leave here today healed by the power of God. If you can believe it, you can hold on to the promise of God and his word will work in your life. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, you got to throw your faith into a place of your promise. God's made you many promises in his word. He promised you that you would be blessed. He promised you that you would be the head and not the tail. He promised you that you would be more than a conqueror. He promised you, he said, what shall separate you from the love of God? Shall tribulation, shall pearl, famine, nakedness, or strife? He said, no, we're led as slams to the slaughter all day long. But I'm persuaded that neither life nor death, angels, principalities, things present, or things to come are able to separate me from the love of my God. (laughs) Hallelujah. I want to tell you today that you may be in a dark place. You may be in a place of 
eat them and it feels like you'll never accomplish it. But I've come today to tell you to throw your spiritual faith over into that place. Hook on to that promise and say, I'm coming after my blessing. I'm coming after my answer. I'm coming after my victory. I'm coming after that good relationship. I'm coming after that healing. I'm coming after that hope. I'm coming after that joy because God has promised it to me. Hallelujah. Amen. How many know, how many of us know that God has promised us something that we have not yet, not yet, not yet possessed. Amen. Every time, every promise that God has given you, I want you to understand there is an enemy that is going to fight and resist to give up what God said is yours. The Bible describes our enemy, the devil, as one who comes to steal, to kill, and destroy. It sounds like an Edomite to me. Amen. If we are not careful, we'll become like Israel. And just because we could not receive the promise when we thought it was going to come. We give up on the promise altogether. But how many know God's timing is not your timing? His ways are not your ways. His thoughts are not your thoughts. As high as the heavens are above the earth, yet is his ways much greater than your ways. And so even though that we may think, God, you got to do it now or it's going to be too late. God does everything in eternity and brings it to pass in the fullness of time. Amen. How many know Jesus has always been? He was there when the world was created. God could have sent Jesus anytime he wanted to, to the earth. But it wasn't till the fullness of time that he sent him into Mary's womb and he came out, Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. In the fullness of time, he sent Jeremiah to be a weeping prophet. In the fullness of time, he would raise Jesus from the dead. Amen. And I want to say to you today, you may feel like it's too late. You may have already given up on your promise, but God's not a man that he should lie. nor the son of man that he should repent. He's watching over his word and he will perform it. Glory to God. I said he will perform it. God isn't like us that has good intentions that says, I'll give you a job only for things to shift. And now I can't give you a job because I only have power over what I have dominion over. But I want to tell you, God has authority over everything and there isn't nothing he cannot do. And so therefore, when God promised it, he's big enough to back up his word. No matter what's going on in your life, he will bring Bring it to pass. I wish I had somebody believe me this morning. You see, we, we get caught up because we, we haven't seen it yet. We got everything instant today. Now, I believe God can do a thing whenever he wants. But 
if he does what he says he will do and it's not in the right time, we can get frustrated. And even though we got it, we can't enjoy it. Ponder on these things. Because you see, if we're not careful, we'll be asking God for it and God wants us to have it, but yet it isn't the fullness of time. Still some things have got to be worked out. Not in God, but in us. Amen? And so in the fullness of time, he sends that and he gives it to us in the right time. And so, God didn't send ravens to Elijah until he needed them. He didn't send him to a widow woman until he needed a widow woman. And in this process that we're walking out today, we may say, God, I need it now. But God knows when we need it. And he'll be speaking to us. And if we remain faithful to him, we will, we will see the promise of God. But what I want you to say, understand is this. Just because it didn't happen when we thought it was going to happen. Does not mean that it's not going to happen. God's going to fulfill his word. He is going to bring his promises to pass. But we cannot give up on the promise of God. We've got to take our spiritual shoe and throw it into the place that we have not yet possessed. And say, by God's grace, I'm going to take Edom. I'm going, why? Not because we thought it was a good idea, but because God promised it. I said, God promised it. God wants me to have it. God wants me to walk in that. God wants me to have victory in that area. God wants me to have joy. He wants me to have peace. He wants me to have victory. And so it's not that God doesn't want me to have it. There is an enemy that is fighting. Daniel, I heard you the first day, but he said there's a warfare going on. There's a battle that was taking place. And he said, I had to send reinforcement. The answer was on the way the first day that you prayed. I want to tell somebody here today, don't give up on your praying. Don't give up on your believing. Don't give up on your faith. Because God heard you the first time that you prayed and there is a warfare and a battle that is going on. But don't you dare give up because the answer is on the way. It's already been sent. Amen. There's warfare going on in the heavenlies. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down every vain imagination and everything that is exalted itself above the name of Christ. I know the devil's told you that he's greater. I know the enemy's told you you'll never have it, but pull that imagination down. It's not greater than God. It doesn't have the power that he has. 
I know Spielberg's devil's big, but I want to tell you the devil of the Bible. Jesus said he rendered him helpless and destroyed him on the cross of Calvary. And now greater is he that is in me. Hey, I feel it. I feel it. I come to stir up somebody's faith today and tell you the promise that God has over your life will come to pass. I don't know what is in your life that you're going through. I don't know what God has promised you. But I want you to understand today, just because you have not experienced it yet does not mean that the act of faith that you have taken is not being accomplished in your life. There are sometimes whenever I feel God coming. Have you ever felt God coming? I've been out in the woods before and I'd hear the rain coming. And then I could see the rain coming. Amen. And I want to tell you that sometimes in the spirit when I can feel God coming. And then I begin to see the manifestation of him coming. And I'm prepared to receive it. But there are other times whenever he surprises me. I ain't felt nothing. I know you're more spiritual than I am. The wind isn't blowing. I don't see any rain in the forecast. But suddenly, out of just being faithful, out of just doing what I know to do, when I don't know what else to do, I just pray, just read his word, just be faithful to worship him. Amen. And I don't feel anything. All of a sudden, whoo, there he is. He's overtaken me. He answers my prayer. He gives me direction. Amen. He fulfills what he has spoken over my life. Amen. In a moment, I want to tell you today, God sometimes has to slip up on you. Because you see, when the, whenever you, the word of God is coming towards you, those enemies will keep fighting and resisting you. And I can't help but to believe how many times that people that God has sent a word to, but yet they weren't there to receive the answer when it came. Because they didn't stay persistent like Daniel. They didn't continue to believe like Daniel. They didn't hold on to the promise like Daniel did. I want to tell you today, child of God, that the answer really is on the way. And God really is going to do wonderful things in your life. Amen. His word over your life is not to dangle it over you and say, don't you wish you could have it. But he has revealed it to you so you can accomplish it in your life. Amen. So David takes this act of faith and he takes his shoe and throws it into his future and says, I can't get there in the natural, but I'm going to anchor in the promise in the spirit because God said, wherever the sole of my shoe foot shall tread upon, it shall be mine. And so I'm throwing it in. And now the day comes whenever all of Edom has been possessed by this man, David, that no other generation was able to accomplish.
I believe that God is going to do that for us. I believe that this generation is going to see a manifestation of the power of God like never before. Not because we're so super spiritual, but because there is a mandate. There is a mandate for the power of God to be revealed in this generation. We have never seen generations past that are bound like this generation. Teenagers taking their own life saying we don't have any hope. Bound by drugs and alcohol, pornography and perversion is running rapid. And we find a generation that should be our leaders now in bondage themselves. And somebody has got to set them free. And we can't do it on yesterday's anointing. But we've got to do it on what God has promised us. What is our promise? I quoted it earlier in the last days. Saith pastor. Saith the archbishop. Saith God. I will pour out my spirit. I'm taking my shoe off and I'm throwing it into that promise. And I say I may not obtain it yet, but I'm going to walk in that. I'm going to walk in that land of an outpouring and a manifestation of God's power like we have never seen before. We will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We will cast out spirits in the name of Jesus. We will speak to the oppressed and they will be free. Amen. We show, we throw our shoe into the land of peace and of victory. We declare the word of God and it will come to pass. Amen. We make a spiritual statement to the, our enemy that I'm coming for everything that God has promised me and I'm not settling for anything less than what God said is mine. Hallelujah. David didn't just recover. He possessed what other generations had never walked in. If we can grasp the revelation of no fail, we'll understand we won't just recover, but we'll possess and we'll see what other generations have never seen. It's the word of the Lord. It's the word of the Lord. Stand with me today. Hallelujah. Now this morning, this is what I want us to do. I want us today. Some are here today and the spirit of the Lord has touched your heart. I really sense today there's somebody here that yeah, I've never made that commitment or maybe it is you've made a commitment but you, you aren't where you need to be with God and the enemy's convinced you that you can't walk that Christian life you can't live that life but I want to tell you today the devil is a liar and 
God's grace and his anointing in your life is greater than anything the enemy has brought against you. And if you'll trust him today, your life will be changed forever. I want to talk to somebody today that'll say, Pastor, you know what? I've almost gave up on the vision, almost gave up on the promise. But today I'm going to cast my shoe into the promise and the provision that God has said is mine. And I'm going to believe him to bring it to pass in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. If this word is for you today, I want you to come. If you're here today and you haven't made that commitment to Christ, ask somebody to come with you. There's people real close to you right now that'll make that step with you. But if this word is for you, you're saying, I'm going to throw my spiritual shoe today. I'm going to believe God. I want you to come now in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus.